3: individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now.
1: Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Project Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today on the show, I'm happy to introduce Ricardo Baca. He's the CEO of Grasslands. Grasslands is a PR agency for the cannabis industry for those who aren't in the know. And Ricardo himself is pretty well known. He's formerly an editor at the Denver Post and produced The Cannabis for over three years through the end of 2016. He's also known as being the first full-time marijuana rights editor for a major American newspaper. Thank you so much for coming to the show, Ricardo.
4: Bethany, thanks so much for having me on. Longtime listener, first time guest.
1: Oh, I don't know what took so long, but I'm glad we're finally here. Me too. <laughs> Must <had>
4: schedules. <laughs> I know, right? There is that.
1: Well, well um, I have introduced you a little bit, but um, I'm sure there's more to you. Um, could you? Tell our listeners a bit more about your background and your experience, especially the work you did before you got involved in all things cannabis. Of course,
4: yeah. You know, my entire life has been dedicated to journalism in one way or another. You know, going back to uh, delivering the Rocky Mountain News in the suburbs of North Denver uh, back when I was a kid. And Were you a paper you know, boy? I was, yeah. Oh, I, I
1: love it. <laughs>
4: I had a number of routes going back to like 14, 15 years old. Oh yeah, I you know delivering ninety Sunday newspapers once a week, and then you know that that job is such an amazing uh, thing to instill a work ethic on a young person because you're legitimately working 365 days a year and waking up at some god awful hour of the morning. So, but you know that kind of just tied me to the newspaper. I I would come home every morning with newsprint on my hands. So I think I was just destined to enter this industry somehow but you know later ended up getting a college uh scholarship from the rocky mountain news the same newspaper i delivered for years and studied journalism um was fortunate enough to work at the rocky for four years throughout college that they paid for and you know our ip the rocky mountain news uh went by the wayside, passed away about 11 years ago, which was tragic, uh, a result of a newspaper war in Colorado, Mm. um, and went on to work for a newspaper, another newspaper in Texas for a couple years, and came back to Denver uh, and worked for the Denver Post, which was the triumphant newspaper in that newspaper war. You know, I was mm-hmm. uh, the music critic at the Post. I started a music festival called the UMS, uh, the Underground Music Showcase, which was a lot of fun, and that's still around. Um, you know, uh, my last year we had 350 bands, four days, 30 venues. Uh, you know, and and one wristband would get you into it all. I was just in love with South by Southwest and wanted to replicate that vibe in my hometown and. Um, And then after years of writing about music and producing the music festival and starting music blogs, um, I ended up getting promoted to the entertainment editor position. And a couple years later, next thing you know, those crazy Colorado voters are approving Amendment 64 in November of 2012. And uh, the editors of the Denver Post had the foresight to recognize that suddenly this is a recreational substance basically traded the same way as beer and wine, and we had reporters not only creating entire beer verticals, beer blogs, where we celebrated and reported on Colorado beers, uh, but we also had uh, reporters reporting on the, the alcohol as an industry. And so they recognized we needed to change the way we discussed cannabis, and so in late 2013, the editor um, called me aside and said, hey, we want to cover marijuana differently, and we want you to be our guy, and so that's how I became that, that first marijuana editor at a major metropolitan daily newspaper, and, and it was such a tremendous experience. Um, entirely brought there through organic means after 20 plus years in journalism and uh, was, was very excited to take on the cannabis beat and of course as you mentioned um, create the cannabis after that which was uh, became and grew into an award-winning news vertical that had a larger readership than than high times and marijuana.com which was weed maps former vertical and you know, we did a lot of church, uh, we did a lot of terrific work, if I do say so myself. You know, we had a staff of seven full timers and we had freelancers split spanning the globe. I covered implementation of Colorado and Uruguay and uh, Washington State, and uh, you know, just really brought real journalism to the cannabis industry for, for one of the first times, you know, kind of building on the backs of the work that had been done by the activist media organizations like High Times, and then the actual journalism that had been done by David Downs and a few other reporters. But, you know, we stepped up, we held the industry accountable, we held the regulators accountable, and in the course of doing things, we hopefully helped uh, normalize this industry and cement it as an industry similar to oil and gas or the airline industry.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm totally agree yes and and you had the the TV show element of the cannabis as well, which was super fun and uh, you had different guests on interviewing them um that was probably extra fun,
4: yeah, was oh, totally was you know that was called the cannabis show, yeah, I hosted ninety nine episodes and it was a four camera shoot, uh but less than ten episodes in we heard from so many people who were watching and they said, you know what? We would be way more likely to listen to this if you released it as an audio-only version Mm. uh, via podcast. And so we did and it really thrived there. Uh, I I definitely loved that aspect. It really forced you to get out and meet people in the industry. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm sure you experienced that too because you get so sucked up in the day-to-day whether you're a journalist or you're helping to run the industry's uh, primary Trade organization. That isn't it. Kind of a treat to have this time set out once a week, where you just get to sit down and get to know somebody.
1: Agree, totally, 100. And and really focus for you know a good 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, speaking <laughs> of time, uh, we're going to take a commercial break in just a couple minutes here. But I want to ask: um, is 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 there any other um, inspiration that you had? I mean, is is your reason for being in cannabis? because of the opportunity, or do you have another story or passion for it, or just generally inspired?
4: You know, I will be i will be completely honest, and that is I didn't know much about cannabis or the industry before I was appointed uh, the Denver Post's marijuana editor. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't smoke. Um, my lungs will not allow me to smoke anything, and so especially in an era of largely unregulated products. I just didn't consume this substance. Totally. I have enjoyed plenty of others in my day. but, um, (laughs) (laughs) But this one particularly, it was really about six months before I got the cannabis editor gig when a friend introduced me to Uh, An edible from the state marketplace, and instantly it clicked with me. Instantly, it became my preferred substance of choice. And uh, the minute I got the job and started studying policy and history, how we got here, how we've been lied to, it immediately became a tremendous passion of mine. And Mm -hmm. I just never want to stop learning. I just keep learning every day, and I'm so thankful that I'm able to work with a lot of the brands in this industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, and speaking of working with the brands, I mean, there's always something new to learn from from these new companies. Um, so you founded Grasslands, and you're doing PR for the cannabis industry, um, and you're based here in Denver as well. I've been to your office once or twice. Yes. Uh, tell me more about Grasslands and, and your day-to-day and, and what's going on with the company.
4: Sure, yeah, so I, you know, in 20 plus years of daily newspaper journalism, I learned very quickly that PR has a PR problem, Um, and and it's not specific to cannabis PR. uh, But publicists, um, I I just recognize that there's a trend toward lazy public relations, and that is no way to connect with your your partners and the media, because of of course, the media is expansive. It really relies on uh, the journalists having good relationships with the communications professionals. And when I realized that there was potentially a different way to do that, I started dreaming up a different kind of agency concept, uh, and that ultimately is grasslands. We, we call it a journalism minded agency, which mm. is to say that it's, content forward deadline oriented you know there's active listening there's note taking there's accountability uh, you know everything i learned in daily newspaper newsrooms you know we won four pulitzer prizes when i w- during my time at the denver post alone and everything i learned there about ethics about deadlines about the the importance of quality content thoughtful storytelling and complete narratives uh, we have really implemented into an agency construct. And uh, we're, we're just kind of doing this differently than anybody else in the game. And uh, we love working with highly regulated industries, kind of going back to those journalism roots. You know, journalism in many ways is taking the complex and breaking it down to a general interest readership. And, and so I have done that for years and a lot of my colleagues on our content team have also done that for years uh, in outlets ranging from the Chicago Sun-Times to Men's Health Magazine to the Daily Beast. And so now we do that for our clients in these highly regulated industries, uh, primarily cannabis, hemp, technology. Uh, we also work with a client in traditional healthcare and a client in, in, in city and county government Uh, Grasslands Mm. actually represents the Denver County Court, which is the largest court system in the Rocky Mountain West. So, you know, there's a lot of applications from what you learn in J school, at newsrooms, uh, you know, in your time in the mainstream media. And and, and I'd like to think that we're practicing a more responsible, Mm -hmm. a more strategic version of public relations at grasslands.
1: Awesome. Yes. Thank you for breaking that down. Awesome. So, all right, we're going to hop off for a quick commercial break here, but we'll be right back to talk more with Ricardo about some of the challenges in PR and advertising in the cannabis industry. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
0: Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots.
2: They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that
0: kind of pot. So it seems like a smart investment.
2: Look for Smart Pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at SmartPots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease.
3: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're chatting with Ricardo Baca of Grasslands, a journalism-minded PR agency. Uh, So there are definitely some advertising challenges for the cannabis industry, Um, even hemp and CBD products. So from your perspective in your efforts to help these clients get their product or their service out there can you talk a little bit about some of the limitations and and the challenges I mean I know with substances like alcohol or cigarettes you you can't smoke a cigarette on a tv commercial or something like that or whatever so I'm sure there's something like that with with cannabis what's that look like
4: yeah there's a lot of that especially when you take into consideration that you know we have our regulatory construct in colorado and then there's 30 plus other uh, you know regulatory situations and schemes throughout this country alone it's completely dissimilar in Canada and other legal countries so it's infinitely complex but what what it boils down to is you know any business and in any industry needs to know needs a way to get the word out you know and and generally uh, that is done via the media and you have earned media which is public relations you know so that is getting your name into news articles where people find you organically because they're reading about something that they're interested in, Mm -hmm. and you just happen to be involved in what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, There's owned media as well. And so, for example, uh, this podcast is a great example of that. You know, this is owned media for NCIA or your website. Your blog is owned media. There's also paid media, you know, which is advertising. And when you think about it, the cannabis industry, uh, the hemp industry as well, is really hamstrung right now in terms of what they can actually do. Yeah. Um, You know, the primary uh, paid media outlets out there right now, of course, Facebook and Google, um, are not taking money from any. THC marijuana businesses, and they're taking very little money from any of the hemp-derived CBD businesses as well. And so this is entirely about federal legality. This is about there being risk-averse. You know, Mark Zuckerberg and his colleagues over at Google, they're just being extremely cautious Mm -hmm. it's created this situation where the cannabis industry has a hard time buying ads on the most important advertising platforms in the world
1: the struggle is so real even even trying to advertise lobby days for ncia we uh yeah struggle's real (laughs)
4: <laughs> so real. I, I know. And you're like, we are not plant touching. We are bringing uh, the industry to Washington, D.C. Yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. Grasslands, we can't boost posts uh, yeah. on, on our Instagram account simply because we work with a lot of great cannabis and hemp businesses. And that's okay because we recognize that we're on the right side of history and Zuckerberg is not. But one powerful tool that you can turn to in that and actually, I spoke on this um, at your show, Bethany, in Boston in February, the Seed to Sales show, which is always one of my favorites. Um, it, it, this, is, this is such a ripe opportunity for earned media, for these businesses, whether they're plant-touching or not plant-touching, their ancillary brands, to really get their name out in the, in the media, in the earned media. And of course, that involves uh, hiring a PR professional whether you're hiring that person internally on your staff or contracting with an agency. Um, This allows your brand to get seen uh, in newspapers, in blogs, on podcasts, you know, and and so how this works, given what you and I are doing right now to break it down a little bit, this podcast is owned media for you and NCIA. It's earned media for me and Grasslands and we're very appreciative to be on here. But, you know, earned media is valuable from that perspective that somebody made the editorial decision to talk to you to ask you your thoughts and and so you made that editorial decision because you felt i had something to add to the conversation for which i'm tremendously grateful but you see why earned media is the most trusted media in the world Mm -hmm. and it has been for decades ever since pew and Gallup have been asking these questions about what media people trust of course they trust earned media more than they do paid or owned mm-hmm. uh, because anybody can buy an advertisement, uh, except for the cannabis industry when it comes to Google and Facebook. But right, anybody right. generally can buy an advertisement, not anybody can secure earned media. And that's, sure. you know, that's what we specialize in and that, that it's such a tremendous opportunity for us to help these great brands get seen, raise their visibility, raise their presence among their target marketplaces.
1: God, it makes sense. So it sounds like utilizing earned media and owned media might be the way to kind of work around some of these other paid paid media challenges. Um, gosh, we uh, we sure have a lot of things to figure out along the way. Um, <laughs> we um, do. And, you know, I, I think this world of PR, content strategy, advertising, social media is, is definitely one of those components that we're trying to navigate as things continue to change. So, um, I mean, in what ways do you see companies making like mistakes that could be easily remedied or addressed? Like, obviously, we're not getting our posts boosted on Facebook, so like, I don't know, what do we do?
4: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, um, let's go back to that owned media because you know so much of the owned media is really within our control. Uh, we create the content that occupies our websites, our social media channels. And so that's great. If you have a blog on your website and you're a brand or a business, you know, that is already a huge win. And you should pat yourself on the back for that. If you have a podcast, even better, big props to you. But are you, I doing, love it. Are you doing these <laughs> things strategically though? I mean, because yeah. if you're putting out 200 word blogs twice a month, you know, and you're like writing about whatever you want to write about, just to get content out there to make the blog active. Yeah, puppies, Um, you know, that's, that's valuable, but it's not smart and it's not strategic. Um, because you need to understand that unless your blog entry is at least 350 words, then Google is not even spidering that specific blog, that mm-hmm. piece of content. And unless unless your your blog entry is specifically formulated with keywords and phrases that are attuned to the search habits of your target customer, mm-hmm. which you know if you're creating a blog, you want it to be read. Ideally, you want it to be found at be. Beyond Just people finding it via your social media. And so if you're not targeting it with keywords and phrases, uh, employing tactics, you know, belonging to the fields of search engine optimization, like SEO, SEM, yep. then you shouldn't be doing out. it at all yeah i mean uh, people will not find it unless you are giving them the tools for them to find it through organic search got it So yeah i think there's lots of mistakes being made and here's a fun one even for podcasts so if you're doing a podcast that is tremendous that is so above and beyond but let's talk about how people find media um we find it via search we find it you know through the search functionality of Apple's podcast medium as well mm-hmm. as Stitcher, but also online in general. And so one thing we do for my podcast, I, I currently host uh, Cannabis in Maine. Um, we, we write transcripts of every single uh, episode and we publish the transcript alongside with the audio because of course audio is not searchable but words and content are searchable and so yeah. we're making that audio file suddenly searchable in the hopes that more people will find it so it's just all about employing strategy on your earned media or your owned media and <laughs> we, we find all too often that our prospects and our uh, the people we're talking about doing work together are not strategically approaching this in which case sometimes they're wasting their time and effort.
1: Yeah, that's good advice. And, and I, I believe we're, we at NCI actually are going to take that advice and, and get some transcriptions up so that, um, you know, this valuable information is, is searchable a little bit more. Um, so we only have about a minute or so before the end of this segment, um, so I do, I do want to emphasize, of course, you know, we, we have a huge responsibility to be responsible as a cannabis industry, portray ourselves as legitimate. We're maturing, we're, we're growing up, we're glowing up, we're investing in things like a public relations <laughs> person. Um, so any quick advice for a business who is looking for either an agency or a person in order to step things up?
4: absolutely of course if you're in the market for any form of contractor whatsoever you want to shop around do your due diligence like get them on the phone ask ask the hard questions and then ask for a proposal and see which one works best for you and your budget, your needs and your challenges. I think that's 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 necessary for everything. But I also think that you can do a, some of this work before you start working with an agency partner. So, you know, Google public relations, see what other businesses in your space, whether it's cannabis or hemp or nail it down. And we can talk about cultivators, retailers and manufacturers, what are other people doing that you think is smart, and emulate that, and then your future agency partner will be all that much more ready uh, to take you on and help take your communications program and your PR strategy to the next level.
1: Makes perfect sense. Awesome. All right, uh, we're going to take one more quick commercial break, and then we'll come back and wrap up our chat here with Ricardo Baca. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: NCIA's cannabis industry voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsor sponsors.
0: expo.com. Be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah, get it on Android and, I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
2: The National Cannabis Industry Association's Sixth Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award winning Cannabis Conference and Trade Show hosted by the Cannabis Industry's only National Trade Association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre conference workshops and off site tours join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th annual cannabis business summit and expo July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at cannabisbusinesssummit.com. That's cannabisbusinesssummit.com.
3: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. We've been learning about PR and advertising in the cannabis industry with Ricardo Baca from Grasslands PR firm. So um, as we're wrapping up here, um, I'm curious, are there any interesting stories coming out of the cannabis world from the public relations perspective, any other signs that the industry is maybe maturing that's worth talking about?
4: Definitely. You know, we are, when when you think about PR, it it encompasses so many different things, you know, including uh, reputation management, as well as crisis management. Mm -hmm. And I think you know as well as I do, uh, crises are not industry specific. Uh, they uh, that they end up happening to businesses in all spaces, and so mm-hmm. we're seeing these crises erupt on a national scale. Whether we're talking about what's happening um, at with with MedMen currently and some of the accusations there, or with other businesses that are dealing with their own internal slash external conflicts, so um, we are seeing things happen in the PR space. Uh, in cannabis that are are both good and bad. But overall, we're seeing this industry step up its game on the PR front. And I think that's a very good thing because cannabis, like anything else, is an industry and it needs to treat its business uh, platforms as such. So, you know, maybe a good example here would be uh, CSR. So there's lots of them, but I'll start with CSR. Corporate social responsibility. We are starting to see brands in this cannabis and hemp space start to step up and recognize that if they are successful, if they have the wherewithal, it is their responsibility to give back to the communities in which they operate. Um, you know, So CSR is not basic philanthropy. It's more uh, 360 degrees than that. It is It is taking into consideration the industry where you operate your target audiences and the history associated with that and then giving back strategically and and also in some form of consistent sustainable manner and and with the programs that we're starting to see from businesses including you know good chemistry in colorado is doing tremendous work Uh, i was hanging out with a colleague from bloom farms the the great California cannabis brand uh, in Canada last week. And he was telling me how they've surpassed 1.5 million meals donated to food banks across the state of California. And that's part of a one for one program. You buy a Bloom Farms product in a dispensary, and they donate a meal to a California food bank. Uh, It's just simple reciprocity. So they're doing community good it's tied to their customer behavior and Mm -hmm. they love talking about it as they should Um, you know here at grasslands we have a csr program we (laughs) we give money uh to different organizations for each full-time employee once a month um so it's a modest donation each full-time employee picks their nonprofit of choice and it just gives the our colleagues that sense of ownership and also just lets the world know that Cannabis is here doing good work, not only spreading this medicine that is helping so many people, but improving the communities in which we exist.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, another example that came to mind was um, Denver Relief had the green team. They would go on cleanup missions. That was was a good one. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I am, uh, as we're wrapping up the show here, I am really looking forward to the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo our sixth annual uh conference um this is our original conference and our biggest one it's in san jose california ncia members get 150 dollars off tickets by the way the website is cannabisbusinesssummit.com will i see you in san jose ricardo
4: You know you will, Bethany. I I, I had such a blast with you and your team last year. Uh, You know, it was fun to explore such a different aspect of the Bay Area, but San Jose is a great city. We had a total blast out there. You know, lots to keep you busy from the expo floor during the day and then uh, a great slate of events and parties at night. And who knows, maybe we'll even throw a little grasslands party while we're out there.
1: I would love that. And I definitely will go to that. (laughs) That's great. Oh, awesome. Um, Yes, the parties are, are, are kind of the, the frosting on the cake when it comes to the cannabis industry conferences.
4: It's such a great opportunity to kind of exhale, you know. The expo- or inhale. A lot. Oh, that too. You're doing <laughs> both
1: thing. inhaling and exhaling. Let's be real. I know. You know, that's
4: breathing. <laughs> we gotta breathe. So let's go to these parties and breathe together.
1: Agree. Well, Ricardo, thank you so much for you and your team's membership with NCIA. Um, it's, it's great. We're all kind of this big happy Family here in Denver that have been watching the the, the the maturing of our industry and the struggles, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we're we're all in this together. And and I really enjoy the sense of community and camaraderie that that we tend to have in our industry. So in um, in. NCIA builds that not only through our conferences, but we also host regional networking events across the country, our Cannabis Caucus events and our industry socials. They're a great way to get connected, get informed, get inspired, and uh, to make this industry the best it can be. Wouldn't you agree?
4: Yeah, you know, I've said this to you before and a number of your colleagues, You know, thank you for the work that you do. Uh, I we're we're very proud to be NCIA members. For all of our cannabis and hemp clients, we very much encourage them to join and to enjoy those um, membership. uh, Have you know because membership does have its privileges, and I'm a big fan of the QCCs. Uh, I'm we're hoping to be able to sponsor some quarterly cannabis caucuses here in the future. But uh, in the meantime, we continue to attend. Throw the occasional after-hours party <laughs> afterward. <laughs> the after and-
1: caucus raucous is what I hear yes. is is uh, what it's being called.
4: <laughs> oh, that yeah, we had a good t- we we brought like a hundred people into the office that when you threw it at the History Colorado Center a couple months ago. So yeah, I remember that was,
1: a blast. that was great.
4: And so, thank you for the work you guys do. It's just so necessary, and so much of the progress we regularly see legislatively um, happens because of the hard work that you all do. So, thank you.
1: Thank you. We're all in this together. Oh. All righty. Well, we have run out of time, but thanks again for being on the show. Where can people find out more about grasslands?
4: You can check us out and learn more at mygrasslands.com.
1: Awesome. Thanks again, Ricardo. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.